Welcome to Encouraging Conversations, Keeping Elgin's Youth Alcohol and Drug-Free, a podcast of the Coalition for a Safe and Healthy Elgin. Well, we want to welcome you to today's Encouraging Conversation. I'm Pastor Jack Wheatley and current president of the Coalition for a Safe and Healthy Elgin, or CSHE. And I have Gil by my side, and I'm super excited about our guest today. Gil, what are you thinking? Well, let me tell you, I know it almost sounds cliche, because I always say I'm excited about our guests, uh, but I'm especially excited about today's guest. Uh, there's a, a lot of history uh, with our guests, a lot that we as a coalition owe to our, our guests, and so much knowledge and experience uh, that, uh, that our guest has today that I just can't wait to, to delve into a little I gotta just go right into it then and let everybody know who's with us and then we get right into our conversation. And so we have Jerry Skogmo, who is um, amazingly started uh, working with mental health and mental health centers in 1978. So from 1978 to 1996, he was a therapist, program director, clinical director um, at the Rens Counseling Center. And from 1996, to 2020, he was the executive director. Throughout this whole time, he's been uh, involved in numerous community health and addiction prevention and treatment initiatives on the state and local level. And over the years, he's always been involved as a licensed clinical professional counselor and a certified addiction counselor. He has uh, retired from that role of executive director for Ren's Addiction Counseling Center, and he currently uh, helps his wife out with a part-time private practice in Buffalo Grove. So welcome to the uh, podcast, Jerry, and how are you doing today? Uh, Jack, I'm good. Thanks. And thanks for having me here. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, we. Uh, it's been a little bit since we were uh, face-to-face with one another, and I can just uh, recall over the years how thankful I am for uh, what you've done for the, the community as a whole. You could say the greater Illinois or Elgin community, but like maybe we, we kind of shared that whole uh, tenure of what you've done, but maybe like what is it that you are currently doing and what was maybe one of the great, like, oh yeah, this was what I like hang my hat on was a great thing that we were able to accomplish. Yeah. Great question. Um, you know, I'm, I'm doing more golf now than ever before. <laughs> That's awesome, uh, right? Uh, I'm traveling more than ever before. All right. Well, maybe we go into that real quick because, like, okay, so golf, is there, like, a favorite? Like, Illinois, people don't know how uh, excellent golf is in Illinois. Like, we are spoiled. We, it's a great golfing area. You think Florida, you think California, but really... Illinois some great top. courses, even locally. You know, Elgin has two great courses, three great courses if you, if you count the country club. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, I, yesterday I played at Hilldale. Mm-hmm. I, Hilldale, I think is the name? Yeah, in Hoffman Estates. Mm-hmm. Really a, a neat course. But they're, they're, they're all over, so uh-huh. I've been having fun. I, I play once or twice a week, okay. where before I used to play once or twice every couple of months. So okay. this is a... A big deal for me these days. Fantastic. And uh, somewhat active in a private practice, a couple of, uh, like three half days a week. So mm-hmm. um, that's enough. It keeps me involved in behavioral health, which is a passion of mine. I enjoy working. Uh, and my wife and, and I have had this uh, partnership, uh, not only in marriage, but in our, in our business practice for 
over 30 years so it's it's nice that's that's great like uh, a common mission maybe in marriage like i've joined man and woman together as a family unit but then you're also saying we had a same mission and we were able to co-labor yeah exactly Sometimes our dinner conversations are a little interesting, you know, <laughs> or boring or, you know, depending on your perspective. But, uh, you know, she's great. She's a great therapist. And, uh, you know. Is it safe to assume you two sometimes agree on something and sometimes you disagree particularly on it? And so. we often agree to disagree. So. <laughs> Agreeable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Very cool. So a little known fact, uh, my first, uh, one of my first jobs during like grade school was actually I was a caddy or a cart chaser for Calumet Country Club, which is near Homewood and then Homewood Flossmoor Country Club. So I was out there like, where's the ball? Uh, sure. <laughs> and then they're looking at me like, what, what club should I use? But the best day ever to be a caddy was uh, Ladies Day. Right there was, this, I think it was a day a week that was strictly for the ladies because the best thing was they didn't want you to run all over the place. You could drive. Wow! So hard. it was like almost a vacation that day. <laughs> wow! So you're saying that uh, throughout the years, you've been involved with helping, um, like people, uh, maybe repair or find. Um, like, hey, I'm on the wrong path, or I'm not thinking in the right direction. I mean, like, how did you, like, know, like, that's what I want to do with my life is help people with how they're thinking. That was... Um, yeah, that's it's a good question. Um, I grew up in a small town in Minnesota that happened to have a state hospital. Mm, and uh, back then, in the 50s and early 60s, state hospitals, that's what where people were warehoused for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. The town that I was in called Fergus Falls, um, mm -hmm. uh, interesting place, but it, at some point it probably had seven or 8,000 people uh, in the hospital and the town was 12,000. Mm -hmm. um, and a kind of a similar thing happened in Elgin. Mm -hmm. um, when I first came to Elgin in the late 70s, um, the population of Elgin Mental Health Center was probably five or six thousand people and there was a huge effort on, on part of the federal and state government to finally get out of that warehousing uh, nursing home kind of role and get people in, in the back into the community and so that was you know gratifying and challenging and uh, um, there was a lot of work involved. That's when I worked for um, Ecker Mental uh, Center for Mental Health. At the time, it was called Fox Valley Mental Health Center. So go back quite a ways in Elgin, and pretty pretty used to the kind of the local behavioral health problems. Just having been through that kind of experience from the from the massive hospitalizations to the getting people back into the community and supporting people in the community. So what, what brought you from Minnesota to Elgin? Was it the Mendel, State Mental uh, Hospital? You know, <laughs> I, like, I'm out of here. I, I, well, yeah, I, I got out of uh, graduate school and came down to visit my sister, and I didn't have a job, and I got a job at a place called Ridgeway Hospital in the city, a private psychiatric hospital. Spent mm -hmm. a couple of years there, and then 
Um, you know, uh, hospital work is important, but it's something that um, I didn't want to continue with. So I, th I think the idea of community mental health centers that were really, um, the, the legislation goes back to the mid-19, early and mid-1960s, um, was, was just a terrific con concept. Instead of putting people in state-run facilities, you, pe you get people in the community and support them. So um, that, that was always uh, 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 something that I was really interested in doing and get the people involved in the community. The community can identify the problems, but they can also identify the resources much better than the state or the federal government or a large health care corporation. So true. That's a very, I, 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 maybe this is what I'm hearing you say, and I think this is it's so important, right, that um, there is much, what was happening when they were warehousing people in mental health facilities was there was much good that actually was in the hospital that wasn't being utilized in terms of the people, right? Maybe they all aren't like me and you, right? But they have capacity to be involved in the community and a capacity to contribute. And then just because you're labeling them with a certain status at present doesn't mean that they can't um, improve or see that there's much more to life and hey, I do want to live life. Uh, you know, I think that's like a very laudable mission of what you're saying is that we can go in and have a relationship with somebody and then encourage them to think differently than how they are currently thinking. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I think also it carries on to the, the administration of the particular facility and the staff. They have this mindset that this is the only way to do it. And, um, and so that was particularly challenging 40, 50 years ago to get people on board that, hey, the community, community can support these people. Mm -hmm. um, and it's going to be good for everyone, everyone yeah. all the way around. I think this is an excellent segue you said like uh, tunnel vision right yeah, and i think right. that's one of the great things about a coalition uh see she the coalition for a safe and healthy elgin is a composition of 12 different sectors so we're saying like we're not one particular point of view or not one particular expertise but you have 12 different viewpoints of um people that are involved in the community and then they see a problem and then they're trying to say, hey, what is the best solution to improve the community, right? So if we were to say, you know, what is the mission of our coalition? Promote a safe and healthy community for our youth, free of substance misuse through education, prevention, and action. That's pretty, like, that's powerful stuff. Twelve different viewpoints, one mission to improve the community. Yeah, I think the coalition and the coalition's work is really the epitome of community involvement and using community resources. Like you, like you said, Jack, the 12, re, 12 uh, sectors, you know, coming from 12 different kind of walks of life and, and uh, backgrounds and experiences and perspectives. I think it's really terrific. 
and it's a volunteer effort. Uh, and you know, with Gil and, and you, Jack, being involved um, continuously now for a number of years, you add a lot of stability and uh, you know, a lot of uh, experience and your own perspectives. So I mm. think it's terrific. Like there's no time like the present, right? Like at each point you're saying, well, what do we do? And you could always complain about stuff, right? Like I, I hear what you were saying, like when I came, you know, where I grew up, there's hospital they warehouse people when i came down to elgin beautiful city but then here's this place where they housed people and then you're like well i don't want to be just part of the the housing of people until they expire it's like the human spirit has such uh potential like how do you gauge a potential in any particular person and how did that work like you, you came down you probably had like you know, rose petal glasses, like I'm going to conquer the, you know, world or do all these things. And then you, like, I want to help people think differently. And then there's probably like, well, how do I affect change? And then did, did it like get where you were producing change at the rate that you thought? Or did you like, oh my goodness, like the change someone's thinking is much more than what I thought in school. Yeah. Yeah, another good point. It's it's a process, and you have to be patient with the community and the and the resources, but also with you know the people you're trying to help. Their way of thinking and their way of looking at things is not easily changed, and it becomes a process and an education and uh, you know constant uh, understanding and empathy. <laughs> and that's like our mission. I like how you said that. Like it's constant education. Right, like you can't, you can't make any one person do an action. You have to encourage them, right? And like, how how does that happen? In as a therapist, as a clinical director, like, I, I bet those are two different things, right? Like, when I had my own practice, I could do something. When I was the director, then I had a much higher level, and I was encouraging others to do. Maybe kind of juxtapose those things and. Uh, how it's uh, provided fulfillment for your life. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, one's attitude going in. When, when I was a therapist, I really um, considered it a privilege to be able to help people. But people are, uh, you're entering into their private world, and their best friends and their closest family members sometimes don't enter the, into that plant. A private world so you're there's a huge responsibility to respond to that and I always thought uh, that it was a privilege to be able to enter into that private world of somebody and mm. I tried to certainly um, convey that message to the people I supervised over the years as well mm. that's okay so you're yeah like uh, encouraging like what you saw was the key of, of how to help someone was not trying to dictate to them what you thought their world was or what they needed to do, but like you came alongside, heard, entered their world, and then you kind of helped them sort it out. Yeah, well put. Yeah. yeah I like that, yeah. It's, yeah, it's very it's, well put. That's it's interesting. Exactly yeah. how it kind of happens. Yeah. And you're, it's a partnership. It's a, you know, whether it's addiction or uh, depression or anxiety, and sometimes and oftentimes both, uh, you know, mental health issues and, and addictive uh, disorders. 
um, that's exactly the, the partnership you, that you want to form with the, with the patient or the client. Hmm. That, that's kind of like what we, when I went to the annual CADCA, now we're not supposed to use an acronym without saying what it means, right. but I don't know what CADCA means because I just, I'm not that good. So. Either, yeah, you either define it or you have to pay a fine. Uh, in this case, I'll define it for you. It's the Community Anti-Drug Coalitions of America. So we were at a, like an annual conference and they had a doctor of the CDC and she said that it was, it's usually like a point of crisis or some other type of intense event that then someone tries to cope from that. And what they try to fill it with is oftentimes, you know, substances because it's a coping mechanism. And she was saying that we don't, the, the hierarchical thing was if you dealt with that fundamentally, then you could, you know, come against any specific substance. Like rather than a strategy for each particular substance, if you understood why they turned to a substance, then you have like a great key. And then she said if we educate people that there's so much life to live that's better than a negative choice to go to a substance for coping, that if we could help the youth be substance-free to the age of 18, I think it was like 80-plus percent uh, success, that then if you make it to age 18 without misusing any substance or as a coping mechanism, then you'll never do it in your whole entire life. And it was like such a great vision. Right, and I kind of just solidified the importance as as you were speaking of the coalition's work. Like it's it's so needed, it's so uh, it could be so impactful, and that's why like when Gil was saying like, hey, like we have an excellent guest, like where you kind of just help facilitate the the forming of the coalition. I mean that that's excellent and awesome. And I, I like where we, we hear and we see that we can make a difference. And I see, I think, Jerry, uh, one of the things that I really appreciated even so far today, uh, when you were speaking about the mental health, the state mental health centers and, and this, this aspect, right, where local community really has a, 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 not only a better vision, uh, but a capacity uh, to, to, to really uh, affect change uh, that's more long-lasting and more significant than some outside source. And, and I do hear that collaboration is so important to you, and I know it is, uh, because uh, having worked for the coalition initially uh, under your, your leadership, um, it, it was clear to me that you valued community input, community collaboration. Uh, so not only do you see that from your job experience and your, your career history, uh, but the coalition is precisely that, right? It's federal money, but even the feds realize now that, hey, you know what? We're going to have, we're going to let local people decide what the local problems are, what the local conditions are, and what the local solutions are, which I think is fantastic. And it's that kind of collaborative, you know, almost almost a private-public uh connection and relationship uh, and I know that you appreciate that and I think that's one of the reasons why I just I'm so glad you're here today uh, because I think we have a lot to learn even from that perspective yeah I, I think that um, you know uh, throw in there that Elgin is, is kind of unique as far as a social a, a community of social service agencies I think it's probably one of the 
the the best in the state that that uh, integrates the services with the, the community population, and it's and it's still not enough. Uh, behavioral health is a huge problem, addiction and mental health issues. You know, uh, if there's 10% of the population of Elgin, and that's probably a low number with addiction and mental health problems, it's probably a very low number. It's still 10 or 12,000 people that need uh, assistance, need help now. Um, and I, I think, uh, you know, the, uh, the agencies, at least uh, a number of years ago, had a very good uh, relationship with one another and the community in general. I think the uh, mayor captain and, and some of the uh, uh, council people and people in the city government have been very supportive of uh, the, the agencies, and you know, I think that can be really helpful. Mm. So 24 years as the executive director at Wren's Addiction Counseling Center, uh, do you see any, like if you were to look back and you're like, hey, here are some things that we're proud of that you were able to accomplish and maybe how you saw that that affected the good for Elgin. Yeah, well, I, you know, one thing that comes to mind is that we've greatly expanded prevention services. We had a very small drug and alcohol prevention program, um, you know, in the mid-90s. We really expanded that, helped by the, um, the uh, coalition, um, and I, my, my, my memory is... Uh, failing me. I think we started in about 2010 or 2012. Well, the uh, coalition formally was uh, formed in 2015, but it was in 1992 right. that the Elgin Gang Task Force. Right, and that was kind of the, the predecessor and kind of instrumental for getting us involved in the, uh, uh, the, the coalition in the first place. But certainly that stands out uh, expanding prevention programs. I think with our treatment programs, just doing a lot of different things that weren't being done, like medication-assisted treatment, um, like really working with the self-help AA community to to work with the people that we were treating and getting them involved in self-help before they got discharged from our facility. I think that was really important. Working with the courts, working with the police departments, we're able to do that. You know, there's such a, a strong um, correlation between addiction and crime, and so that was just a natural fit to try to get in there to uh, talk to the probation officers, work with the court systems, work with the police departments, um, and um, I think that was a, a big accomplishment as well. Mm -hmm. We had great, uh, great staff at, at Renz, uh, clinical and prevention staff. So um, they, uh, uh, a lot of committed people really I, made a difference. I can attest to that. You need some good quality people. And uh, you did accomplish a lot, even in the short years I was there. Uh, the morale was great. Uh, we were really proud of, of working uh, there. Uh, so I got a question before Jack gives you his next one. So what do you do, uh, <laughs> other than golfing, what do you do for fun? Uh, I read a lot, uh, yeah, okay. mostly nonfiction. Oh, okay. Yeah. What you yeah. All right, so we want to hear about that, yeah, because that's me. I never read fiction. I'm always reading nonfiction. Oh, okay. I'm my wife's like, lighten up. You know, I, 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 I go in streaks. So my current favorite author is a guy by the name of Timothy Egan who writes about in the environment and the impact of, of uh, you know, climate change and things like that. So 
a pretty interesting author. And he's also done, he's a kind of a religious, he's got a religious bent to some of his work. And uh, he, he, uh, one of his books was uh, a journey, uh, and I can't remember the name of it, but from France to Italy, uh, kind of a, a procession. Uh, you know, he's a, a Catholic. Um, I was brought up Catholic, so I identified a little bit with, with uh, what he was saying. Anyway, uh, he's my newest favorite author. Right now I'm reading a, a book uh, on the Northwest United States and the, the indigenous, or, um, the uh, Africa, um, excuse me, American Indian population, indigenous, I guess is now the correct word, uh, population and the impact that you know the, the settlement and this quote civilization had on those people and had on the environment. So pretty interesting stuff. Wow, it is interesting. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm a, I'm a nonfiction reader too. Yeah, let's see. Um, it's important to read. I, one of my uh, role models, Teddy Roosevelt. I like to read a lot about him. Watch a lot about him. I think he said, "He who leads reads." So it's indicative that you know Jerry is a a leader and it's because he's a reader and I, I like how you're trying to like when you read especially reading nonfiction right you're trying to connect into somebody else's world and I think simultaneously you're connecting into multiple worlds right like it's not only the subject matter that's being written about but then it's also how the author writes about it exactly. right so that's that's very interesting like that the intricate nature of community and i think that's why we have these encouraging conversations that's why it's important to have such a diverse set of of guests and what we've kind of gone over today is like hey we need to get into one another's world i loved when you said that like when we're able to do that and to understand where someone else is coming through we can help one another see that the opportunity before us is much greater than any failing that I've had previous. So don't stay in the failure, but reach forward to the opportunities. And we, we've talked a little bit about some of those great things that you know we were able to accomplish as a coalition, RENS also. And so there's challenges up ahead, uh, but there's great opportunities. So do you see anything specific for like youth or parents at this point, 2022, because you know, you've been involved in this whole sector for a great long while and have much wisdom, not to like Leah. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it's gotta be good. <laughs> well, you, you are Jack, so. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, again, I think the importance of getting involved in the community is so important. You know, there's service clubs like Kiwanis and Rotary and Lions, those kind of service clubs help the community and mm. their community initiatives and coalitions. And like I said about Elgin, I think this is a great community to become involved in the community. Mm. It, it allows that. It, it, it uh, encourages that. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, that's my main uh like, My main thrust here, getting involved in things and getting involved in your community, I think, can make all, all the difference. What piece of advice, if you could get the, if you arrest the attention of every teen in Elgin that is on that precipice of potential addiction, uh, what message would you give them? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's more than simply don't do it, but, um, yes. you know, get involved in 
things that are going to build your, your self-esteem. Get involved in sports, getting involved in reading, getting around, uh, involved in helping uh, other kids or helping your neighborhood or um, being more connected with, uh, for your family. There's so many options out there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the path isn't so clear, but so important to, to get involved in positive um, activities. And I'd like to... S- uh, you know, another sh- uh, kind of shout out for prevention. I think it's really important that that the community takes it seriously and the school mm-hmm. districts mm-hmm. take it seriously. I understand U46 is is beginning to be a little more involved in prevention, and I I think prevention should be taught in every every sixth, seventh, and eighth grade mm-hmm. in, in the city and you know throughout the state. I think it's that important if you can reduce. Um, addiction um, in mental health services you reduce societal costs you make the yeah. the, the city and the, and the community safer and healthier mm. well what I hear from Jerry just there and throughout the whole conversation is like hey don't isolate get in and be active in the community and like you don't have to be perfect and you don't have to be mr. perfect or you don't you just have to get in and you'll find a place to fit in and there'll be uh, uh, great fulfillment, actually. Like, yeah, it'll be challenging. There could be some things, but, like, it's worth it. And it doesn't matter if you're a parent, right? If you're a parent, your kids want you to be involved in their life. Like you said, step into their world. I want to step into the world of my uh, spouse. I want to step into the world of my children and encourage them. But then I also hear you say, like, step into the world of the community at large. And then by that way, we bind everybody together and we could see and then for the kids like hey there's no telling like what you could could do i was just watching uh all created equal or created equal by clarence it was a story about clarence thomas and i want to read the book but like here is a supreme court justice who when he he, they didn't even have like uh, like their their floor was dirt, and then when he was in Savannah, Georgia, like the hotel, like where they were housed, like many families, twenty to fifty families, there was one outhouse. But then he just kept on, and now he's a Supreme Court justice. Like it doesn't matter where you come from; it matters how you get in, get into other people's worlds, and then you just. Uh, help the community so and even what Jerry had said uh, it's it's no small feat to address and seek to uh, deal with the youth of today and try and get them to, to look outside themselves rather than I mean selfishness maybe individualism has always been a, a mainstay of, of, of American society uh, you know it's just all about you and your your weren't important uh, but there's such a, a powerful aspect to looking outside yourself and getting in community, being selfless uh, rather than selfish. And, uh, and it's a challenge, not only for, for the teens, but for the adults. But I think you're right on the target in terms of that being one of the key elements uh, to really uh, decide for the good when they're in that precipice uh, between ultimately ending up with some kind of substance use disorder or, or living a more healthy and, and, and positive and productive life. So I really appreciate what you had to say. It's phenomenal. 
Yeah. Any closing words at all, Jerry? We're just so like happy to be uh, uh, having a conversation with you here well, today. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Um, uh, I just really appreciate uh, your work uh, as president and, and as a coordinator of the of the coalition. Um, and kind of a shout out to all of the uh, of the people who are involved in the coalition. And I hope you get more people, more involvement. I think it's really important that uh, people lend their their experience and their energy to uh, community coalitions. I think it's really important. Excellent. Much, much work has been done, but there's still so much more to do. And Jerry, thank you for the encouraging conversation, and we're going to continue in it. So until next time, thank you so much for en enjoying our encouraging conversation. Thank you for listening and helping us keep Elgin's youth alcohol and drug-free. Please visit our website at csh elgin.org.